Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. Happy to be here with you this morning and appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to hang out with us here on the broadcast on MixLR.com backslash DT and on WakeUpCallDT.com where the MixLR live feed broadcast by itself. You don't have to do a thing on wakeupcalldt.com every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So if you're listening in on the main hub website, thanks so much for doing that as well. I am here at this segment of the Morning Menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA, with that wonderful partner that I have had in fantasy crime throughout throughout the last couple of years and then some. And I appreciate his time. I appreciate his energy. The man just had his birthday, and he just told me he had to work on his birthday. Shameful. See, I think everybody's birthday, I think your birthday should be your little mini holiday, and you should have the day off. So, you know, here's to me making sure that next year Mike gets the day off, or or it just spin into the weekend. But this man works every day of the week, and he works very diligently. So I appreciate him. I respect him. If you've been on Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, you know that he puts in work every single day. And in the offseason, there is no offseason. So with that being said, I proudly welcome him here to the show. He did not pay me for that intro. I just care about the man, and I appreciate his work. Mike, how are we doing today? Awesome. How are you doing? We're doing very well. And, and Mike, first and foremost, you know, this is the final week <clears throat> for fantasy football in the sense of, you know, I mean, if they're doing playoff whatnot and, you want, and there's daily fantasy and that, but for most people playing the week-to-weeks, this is the end. This is where we have gotten to. This is where all the advice that we've given has hopefully helped people to get to the point where they stand today, m- minutes, hours, couple days from a trophy, and if you're playing in the in any of my wake up call fantasy football challenges, that trophy is a Lombardi, and it's a it's a beautiful, heavy, awesome trophy that you want to put on your mantle. And if you get last place, well, then you get the toilet seat that you could put M&Ms in and you can put it on your desk, and that's pretty fun too. So with that being said, we're fighting for everything to, in, in this week. And every single team of the 32 is playing on Sunday. There's no Thursday games, no Saturday games, no Monday games. You're going to find out Sunday, December 31st, before we ring in the new year, who the champ is. Just 1 o'clock and 425 games. That's all we got. So we're going to jump right into it. Green Bay at Detroit. Thoughts on this one? Oops. I hope you don't have anybody on either one of these teams. This this really doesn't mean anything. You know, it, hopefully you've won your championship last week, or hopefully you're playing for it this week and you're going to win. But um, there's a few bright spots. Neither team really has anything to play for. But, um, you know, I, I look for Matt Stafford to continue to be Matt Stafford. You know, he's a top-level quarterback, and, you know, if he's on your team, of course, you know you should be starting. He's a, definitely a QB1 this week. You know, you can't really say the same thing on the other side of the ball about the quarterback situation there in Green Bay. But, um, you know, running back-wise, it's been a struggle for, for both teams. I know that Jamal Williams has come on strong lately for the pack, and that's probably the the bright spot there. Um, running the ball in, in Detroit's kind of been what's held them up, I think. I think it's held them back. Deion Green's been looking good if you're looking for a desperation flex play or, or if you're looking for, you know, uh, a way to improve your lineup. I don't know how you can improve your lineup with Keon Green, but, you know, he is a guy that they're going to continue to to give him looks and touches because he looks like he could be something for the future there. You know, Marvin Jones. 
Jones has done a pretty good job all year, and he's worthy of a wide receiver one designation. And same thing with Golden Tate. They're going to pass the ball in Detroit. That's what they do. So both of those guys you want to start. And uh, tight end's been a challenge for both teams. But Eric Ebron's come strong late in the late in the season here, and of course he's a tight end one this week. Yeah, you know, th- this game for me, it's really sad to see kind of how things went down with Green Bay and, and with Detroit. I mean, Detroit just had chance after chance after chance after chance after chance to get it done, and, and they hurt themselves. And then in the game against Atlanta, obviously obviously that's one that's going to ring in the, in the minds of Detroit fans for a long time. For Green Bay, there's really nobody here to call home about. Michael Clark is you know he was their top receiver in their game where they got shut out by Minnesota at home in Green Bay you know it's just none of these wide receivers are getting it done you're seeing these names come up that you haven't heard all season if you have to play anybody it would be Jamal Williams but that would be a low-end running back three so hopefully you're not in a situation with that for the Lions in this game because they're playing Green Bay Matt Stafford's not a bad go Teon Green is not a bad flex guy. And Eric Ebron's come on as of late. And Marvin Jones Jr. is usually the bet that you can lean on a little bit. He's been quiet in recent weeks, but typically he is the guy that you can look at. Ebron has a knee injury. He's left him questionable. Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson are both questionable in this game. So is Richard Rodgers at tight end. Geronimo Allison was held out of practice due to an illness. He is questionable. Aaron Jones is doubtful for the game, so that's why I say Jamal Williams even more. So hopefully you don't have to go too far in this one, but Ebron, Jamal Williams, maybe Matt Stafford, that's really what I'm looking at. Houston at Indianapolis, thoughts on this one? Well, there's a sneaky pick here, I think, if you're playing daily, but uh, you know, fantasy football-wise for your championship week here, you're, you're probably not going to find value at the quarterback position, but Jacoby Brissett maybe a sneaky play in a, da- in a daily fantasy. He's the number 15 quarterback this week. TJ Yates on the other side of the ball, not so much. But um, the exciting thing to me is going to be, well, seeing the future here. You know, there's going to be some questions at quarterback throughout the whole country, basically, no matter what region you're in, no matter what, whether it's AFC, whether it's uh, NFC, North, South, East, West, whatever it is. There's going to be a lot of quarterback changes next year, so I'm interested to see how some of these guys that don't normally play quarterback, you know, even if I'm not in a championship or something this week, even if I'm not vested with these guys, these are some of the things you got to look at now for next year. People go, well, that's next year, you know, a lot can change. Yeah, a lot can change, but you can learn a lot by a lot of these guys because they've been waiting for an opportunity to get on the field. Now you have a chance to evaluate them, so don't take these games very lightly for next year. Um, if you're a casual player, forget it. Go do what you want to do. Uh, <laughs> at running back, so I, I don't think you're going to find a lot of value here. Frank Gore is going to put up some decent numbers. He's the number 18 running back this week. And Lamar Miller is right behind him at number 19. And receiver-wise, T.Y. Hilton's probably the, the, the one lone bright spot here. I, I, I just don't know what's going to happen with the tight end position for either team. Uh, that's been a desperation position for both However, Jack Doyle seems to be a guy that they look to continue to get the looks for. They continue to give him targets. It's just he's inconsistent at best, but he's a low-end tight end one this week with a lot of teams been to play for. Yeah, when you look at this game and, and kind of where 
you know, these teams are at this point. There are going to be a lot of questions with Houston. Well, I mean, you know, Deshaun Watson, it's about his health. But it's, there's going to be questions at backup. You know, obviously, Houston has dealt with a multi-headed quarterback for a long time, well before Bill O'Brien. And they have to make sure that they have somebody because Tom Savage, he does some good things, but he doesn't stay healthy. And TJ Yates... You know, when somebody sees a third-string quarterback that you're going up against, with no disrespect to T.J. Yates, nine times out of ten, you know, teams win that game. And as far as Indy goes, Jacoby Brissett is not a bad quarterback. You have to understand what he has. Now, he has Frank Gordon, he has Marlon Mack, and he has some good receivers, but you have to understand the defense of Indianapolis and the protection of Indianapolis. And when, when you look at protection, protection is everything. Protection is what keeps Andrew Luck, your starter, on the field. First and foremost. And then you move forward from there. So, Jacoby Brissett, I don't think that he should be given the... I don't think he's been given a fair shake, is what I'm trying to say. I think there's more to him than meets the eye. There's a reason why the Patriots drafted him. And, you know, I think that there's going to be some question marks at Indianapolis, in Indianapolis after this season about what the future is going to look like. As far as who to play in this game, DeAndre Hopkins finds his way to the end zone some way, somehow. So he's not a bad play at wide receiver. For the Colts, I really don't like anybody. I really don't. I mean, I want to tell you T.Y. Hilton, but he's been so up and down. And these guys aren't really scoring touchdowns. So T.Y. Hilton, Frank Gore, if you got to dig, hopefully you don't have to dig. Hopefully you have better than that. Hopefully the Colts are not a team you're leaning on to win the championship. Chicago at Minnesota, who do you have for this one? I think Minnesota still has something to play for. You know, they, they can get a first-round bye, so they're definitely looking to 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 play for that first-round bye. So I think that elevates Case Keenum into a QB1 situation, especially against Chicago. I know Chicago's got an okay defense against young quarterbacks, but I don't think you can classify Case Keenum as a young quarterback anymore. He's definitely proven that with some playmakers around him and with some right play calls and you let him do what he does best, you know, and, and that's the thing. They've had some challenges in Minnesota. I mean, they lost Dalvin Cook at the beginning or midseason there. He was having a heck of a rookie campaign, and they've been able to spread that out a little bit. You know, Thielen's uh, come around very strong. I think he's sur- surpassed Diggs in some ways, but both of those guys I would consider wide receiver ones. And, you know, the Bears aren't going to be too bad off. They're going to be able to run the ball. Um, the Bears running attack is the thing that kind of keeps them going. I'm not sure you can count on Mitch Trubisky yet at quarterback, but, you know, I think that if you're looking for uh, RB2 stats from Jordan Howard, you're going to be okay there. Don't think he's going to be RB1 this week at Minnesota. That's not going to happen. And then, you know, throwing the ball, Chicago's kind of desperate. I don't know what we can look at here besides, well, maybe the tight end position, but then again, at the tight end position, they haven't been solid either. So I'd be real wary of anybody outside Jordan Howard on Chicago, Minnesota. Those guys are on autopilot for you. You know, it's a shame that um, Kyle Rudolph can't be an elite wide receiver this week. I'm sorry, tight end this week, but he's probably going to still be a bottom end tight end one for you. Yeah. with, With Chicago going up against Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota, like you said, they have they have something to play for. They're not going to take their foot off the pedal by any stretch of the imagination. I think some people whose championship games are in Week 17, there's that fear 
of, okay, well, I'm in the championship and I got some people on Minnesota and what does this mean for me? Well, you know, this is a season where people are playing for a lot at the end of the year. You're not going to see New England really take guys out. You're not going to see unless they're up by a ton, but you're not going to see New England do it. You're not going to see Pitt do it. You're not going to see Minnesota do it because they have to play because there's something on the line. And, you know, for Minnesota, as far as, let me take a quick look at injuries here for both teams. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Kyle Rudolph is questionable in the game. Uh, Sammy Bradford, who's on injury reserve, you know, they're hoping that he'll return to practice. Just kind of make a note of something in the background just for you Minnesota fans to know. As far as Chicago goes, Adam Shaheen is questionable for the game. That's really it. I I look at them and, and say Jordan Howard... Tariq Cohen are options for you. Jordan Howard is the better option if you need to have a third running back. He's not a one or a two. Then on the other side of things, you know, it's hard for me to tell you Latavius or Jarek McKinnon because they're really not doing a ton. Together they look like they're okay, but it's back and forth. It's been Latavius Murray as of late, but he struggles to get into the end zone and have those opportunities. I like Stefan Diggs more than anybody going into the final week, maybe Adam Thielen as well for this game. Next one up is New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Now, there's a lot of scenarios that are going on right now. And, and Mike, you know, when we look at the playoff scenarios, there's still some opportunity here for teams. You know, it could be in the NFC, Philadelphia, Minnesota. It could be Philadelphia, Minnesota, then the Rams. Or it could be Philadelphia, believe it or not, it could be Philadelphia, Carolina could get into this thing. Then New Orleans could take the Rams spot, or Minnesota could take it. So seeds two, three, and four are still open for Minnesota, Rams, New Orleans, or Carolina. And then you got Atlanta fighting to get in, Seattle fighting to get in to try and figure things out in the NFC. And on the other side of it, in the AFC, believe it or not, folks, this might shock you and be crazy, but there's not only a chance for Buffalo to get in, there's still a chance for Buffalo to be a fifth seed or a sixth seed. There's a chance for the Chargers and, you know, to, to take a look at Tennessee has an opportunity, but Jacksonville's locked in at three. Kansas City's locked in at four. New England and Pitt are still fighting for either one or two. But Baltimore, Buffalo, and the Chargers and Tennessee are all fighting for seeds five and six right now. So there's a lot on the line right now, which is good if your fantasy championship is this weekend. So with that being said, New England that everybody fears is going to sit everybody. That's not going to happen this week. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I like New England if you have a New England player, especially Deion Lewis, and you probably got him at a bargain at some point, probably even picked him up off waivers late in the season. Uh, he's definitely a great daily fantasy play as well, especially on uh, sites that offer more for PPR. Uh, he's going to be the guy, because don't forget, Burkhead's injured. So, of course, you're starting Tom Brady, QB1, Deion Lewis, and RB1. Uh, you, Gronk, you know, a, a, a tight end one. He's the best tight end in the game every time he steps foot on the field. As long as he's healthy, he's the number one guy. And, um, you know, on the other side of the ball, I wish I could say the same about any Jets player. You know, they got the three-headed running attack there. Those guys are all healthy, and that kind of, they kind of cannibalize each other there. So you can't even count on a running back from the Jets. You know, if you're, it, it, you know, wide receiver, it, that's all Patriots as well. That's Brandon Cook. So he's a wide receiver one. So if you have a Jet player, I'm sorry, you're probably not playing in the championship or playing late in the game anyway. But uh, definitely it's going to be all Patriots. And I don't think they're going to let their foot up off the gas in this one. 
No, the the Patriots knowing that the fact that they didn't slam the door on the Steelers in that head-to-head matchup, you know, there's still an opportunity for this for the Steelers to do exactly what their name is and steal away that number one spot in the playoffs and not only have a first round bye, but have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Of course, the Patriots want home field advantage throughout. And so this is still left open. And luckily for the Patriots, they have to take care of business against the Jets in order to slam the door. So just as things seem to always work out for the Patriots, it is no different this time around. Robbie Anderson's the best bet with the Jets, but you know he's a guy who probably is not going to be somebody that you're going to be able to lean on. Jermaine Kearse is questionable. Robbie Anderson is questionable with an illness in the ga- in, in this game. Austin Safarian Jenkins is questionable. So any of the options really for the quarterbacks for the Jets, but now they're going to Bryce Petty and, you know, <laughs> the, the Jets are just kind of trying a little bit of everything except for Christian Hackenberg, who they drafted out of Penn State and had this belief, apparently, that he was going to be a good player for them. And then almost immediately, there were all these rumors that they had no faith in him, and there's nothing to refute that because they refused to play him no matter what happens to their quarterback situation. New England Patriots always have a ton of people on the injury report, per always. Every single season, they seem to do this a lot, and they seem to milk it. Chris Hogan, James White, Mike Gillisley, Tom Brady, Rex Burkhead, Rob Gronkowski, Matthew Slater are all questionable for the game on offense. You know, the Achilles in the left shoulder for Tom Brady. He has a booger in his nose. His hair moved to the left side and not the right side, so he's on the injury report. But, you know, expect Tom Brady to be out there. He's worth playing. Deion Lewis is worth playing. Mike Gillisley, if if you have to make a last-minute change, but he is a very, very – he did really well at the beginning of the year and then was quiet the rest of the year. So, you know, I like Deion Lewis above anybody else there at running back. Gronkowski is probably your best option at tight end or receiver for New England as well. We're going to take a quick step aside for a fast break and come back and go the speed round to get you through the rest of your Week 17 advice for Daily Fantasy and for those playing in your championship game. And I do want to make a note on DeAndre Hopkins. He is going to end his consecutive streak, which was 79 games. He's not going to get to 80. He is going to most likely sit out. Now, there's conflicting reports that the head coach, Bill O'Brien, said we're going to make it a game-time decision but there's also the note that he has not been competing in practice and will be sitting out. So let me make a note on that. So if I said DeAndre Hopkins worth the play, take him off the list. My apologies. Most likely will be sitting out. Unless something changes drastically or Bill O'Brien's got a trick up his sleeve, it looks like we won't see DeAndre. We'll take a fast break. We'll be back in a minute. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 
487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, the place to watch your fantasy championship game, and if you're in the consolation bracket, to watch it as well, or if you're playing in daily, daily fantasy, or if you're just an NFL fan, Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue, Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. That is where we sit and we watch and we get excited. There are fans there that wear almost every single jersey of the rainbow, it feels like. 32 teams, you see almost every single one of them come out, and I think you'll see that more so than ever this weekend. So make sure that you're one of those people wearing your jersey or your t-shirt or or sweatshirt, whatever it may be, out at the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Next game up, Washington Redskins at the New York Giants. I would imagine that Mike and I can get through this one relatively fast. Yeah, I think the Kirk Cousins is obviously the quarterback play here. He's playing for his future against a weak Giant defense, against a weak Giant secondary, that is. And, you know, running back-wise, they're still going to give Wayne Gallman a shot from, from the Giants. But, you know, he hasn't been performing very well on the other side of the ball. Samaj Perrine still dinged up. Capri Bibbs might be the better value there at a flex play, and he might be the play in the uh, maybe you're playing daily because what if Samaj Perrine tweaks that knee some more on a third play of the game or whatever? You know, you don't want to be in a bad spot there. So watch the injury report. Very late game time decision, more probable. Um, and receiver wise, I don't know who you can count on outside Jamison Crowder. You know, and I'm including the tight ends here as well. I, I just don't see any value anywhere else on the field. Maybe a and tight end two in Vernon Davis. Yeah, you know, in this in this game we have a, a lot of people going on here that's uh, that are on the injury report for the Giants. Sterling Shepard is questionable. Evan Ingram was a non-participant at Thursday's practice. He's questionable. Brandon Marshall is obviously still on injury reserve. This team's got so much going on. The Giants are fighting for the second pick. They're most likely going to get it. They stink. And Eli Apple with a suspension and a team call, team member calling him a cancer. You know, it's just, it's insult to injury, to issues upon issues. It's just, it is it is a blank show. Fill that in with another word for poop. That is exactly what the Giants are showing you right now. It's ugly. So I don't really like anything going on with the Giants. I mean, if Evan Ingram is good enough to go and he does play in this game, then he's something to look at, but he's been relatively quiet. I really don't like anybody on either side of this thing except for Kirk Cousins because, like Mike said, he's fighting for his life. He's fighting for another team that's finally going to pay him and take him off the franchise tag. Dallas at Philadelphia, thoughts on this one? Yeah, this would be a brutal game. I'm probably going to bypass this one if I can entirely. I mean, maybe Dak Prescott is the top-end quarterback, too. Nick Foles, don't even consider um, Ezekiel Elliott, of course, he's going to be a bottom end running back this week against the Philly defense. Uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, it's going to be a hodgepodge. It's going to be a mixture of guys running the ball, so I don't think you can count on any one of them. And receiver-wise, you know, there's there's not a lot of value here either. I think the, the, the thing to watch out here for is, is the Philadelphia Eagles players, just the role players, the defensive guys, the linemen, are they going to be able to escape this game without injury? Because, you know what, they're, they're limping their way into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, this this is just, a, it's an ugly game here. 
you know, Dallas is going to fight only for bragging rights in this one because they're not going to the playoffs. Ezekiel Elliott came back and it didn't matter. You know, Zeke's selfishness affected the team this season. And, you know, the team had their own woes. And Sean Lee being out does a lot of negative things to the team. So, you know, it's it's been a rough year for the Dallas Cowboys. But to think that Ezekiel Elliott's your savior, you better think twice and, and figure that one out. As far as who to play in, <clears throat> in this game, Des Bryant is an option for you as a low-end wide receiver, too. I mean, that's really all that I look at. As far as injuries go on both sides of this thing, to take a quick look at Dallas, uh, Des Bryant is questionable and was unable to practice due to a knee injury, so you have to watch that. Rod Smith, Cole Beasley, both questionable for the game for Dallas. And then for Philadelphia, they really don't have anybody outside of Carson Wentz, once again, which is a good thing. As far as who I would play in this one, <clears throat> Nicky Foles, I think he'll have some fun. He's a low-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two for me. Uh, Jay Ajayi is somebody to look at, but really Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar, Jay Ajayi as a flex guy are who I'm looking at in this game. Next one up, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, Cleveland uh, is definitely probably, you know going to get a Sam Darnold or a Josh Rosen or a Josh Allen in there. Uh, next year so this is what they're playing for absolutely nothing and the Steelers are trying to stay healthy uh, it doesn't look like Le'Veon Bell is going to make the game of course Antonio Brown's dinged up they're hoping he comes back and that's even you know even more the reason for them to try to get that home field advantage but you know I just don't think they have to put forth that much effort to beat Cleveland in Pittsburgh you know so if you have uh, you know some guys on this uh, on this roster the only guy I can think of that's definite start is a Juju Smith-Schuster because even on the other side of the ball when you look at what uh, Josh Gordon's been able to do, he's going to be covered up by Joe Hayden you know, everybody's just trying to stay healthy in this game, maybe a Jesse James at tight end, a tight end number two for you Um, you know, there's going to be some value you know, if you're looking for uh, daily fantasy, maybe in Isaiah Crowell um, you know, I I don't think you're going to find a lot of players in this one, so I would just get the remote and change the station yeah, for this one with Cleveland, like you said, they got nothing to play for. You know, if they go 0-16, then they already have a sponsored party to celebrate how terrible they are in the streets, and then they'll get the number one pick, and for the 82nd time, they'll draft a quarterback. So, you know, Cleveland's got nothing going on here. Like you said, Pittsburgh doesn't have to do too much, and, you know, I do think uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is worth putting out there, maybe a Martavis Bryant. I think Big Ben's going to play for a little bit, so if you have team quarterback, then roll with him. Maybe he'll play the first half, and we'll see how things go. I would imagine he'll be out there for a little bit, but I like Juju in this game above everybody. Carolina at Atlanta, thoughts on this one? This is a great game because both teams have to win, and you know it doesn't matter if you don't win. It doesn't matter what else happens. So, I mean, both teams have to win. There's still a chance they're both, they're both still in, but a win definitely makes it a lot easier for everybody involved. Panthers, of course, have the better record, and you know what? The Panthers have the better quarterback too, and Cam Newton, uh, slightly ahead of Matt Ryan this week. Both are our QB ones, though. Uh, Devontae Freeman, obviously, still an RB one. Christian McCaffrey, especially in a uh, PPR league, you bump him up a little bit, but in a non PPR league, he's a mid range running back too. He's probably top end running back too in a PPR league. And receiving the ball, Carolina's still looking for some answers there. They're still looking to, to move the ball. And the only way they can really move the ball is with Greg Olson. You know, he's he's had a good game since he's been back. Look for him to continue to be the number one receiver every time he's on the field for Carolina. You know, and, and Julio Jones, he, 
you got to start him. You know that he's obviously the number one running, one number one wide receiver in any given week. So you know you're going to find some spot value there. And this is an intense game. This will be a game that I'm going to want to watch. Yeah, you know this is a game where Greg Olson, for everybody that's saying he came back, but did he really? This is one where he wants to make a statement. So Greg Olson, the type of competitor that he is, I would say that in this game, he is a player to watch in fantasy, so you might want to have him out there. Christian McCaffrey is your best bet at running the ball and receiving the ball because he may be able to put together enough yardage to help you win your championship. And Cam Newton is questionable, but he's been that way for a couple weeks. I like him in this game as well. I mean, these are guys that know what it's like to, to, I mean, Greg Olson and Cam Newton, they know what it's like to go in the trenches and fight the battles and, and win the battles. So, I'd put them out there. I like Christian McCaffrey as well. As far as Atlanta goes, Matty Ryan's been one touchdown, one interception all season long for the most part, which doesn't warrant me want to put him wanting to put him out there in games where they need to win. They're not doing enough. They're getting by somehow, but they're not winning big games. They didn't defeat New Orleans, and that's obviously going to affect you. If Julio Jones is good to go from his ankle and thumb injury, put him out there. Tevin Coleman, as well as Devontae Freeman, are both worth plays as well. Matty Ryan, he throws to somebody, but, you know, sometimes it's few and far between, and the numbers don't justify putting them out there for you. Kansas City at Denver. Kansas City has locked up their fourth spot, and, you know, they could maybe give a, give some breaks to some people out there. I would imagine that Kansas City might say Tyreek, Kareem, you don't have to do too much. Travis, maybe you could stay in for a little while. But Kansas City might be that team to watch if you have Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and you're leaning on them in your championship. This may be a game where you may not want to lean very heavily upon them. Yeah, I think a lot of those guys are. I think all those guys are going to sit. I think, uh, you know, you're right on it. Hunt, Hill, Kelsey, Smith, they're they're probably all going to sit if play a series and you know, that's rightfully so. That's the right thing to do. Denver, on the other hand, you're going to find some value in this. And I feel bad for Patrick Mahomes going to make that start at Denver. I mean, that's a tough place, tough defense. He's going to have a, you know, this is a baptism by fire here. Hopefully for their sake, Denver's sake, it's not going to be another Nate Peterman situation. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I've got, I think they're looking at Pat Mahomes now and going, are you or are you not our guy? Because we may need to bring in a Eli Manning or do something different with a quarterback or maybe draft a quarterback. They seem to be high on Allen, the kid from Wyoming. Uh, it reminds them a lot of Elway, and, well, Elway's the man in Denver. C.J. Anderson's the value there. He's the number 10 running back this week. And Demarius Thomas is going to get you some value as a mid-range wide receiver, too, this week. And, you know, you can't really count on a lot else in this game. So hopefully you don't have too many guys in this game. And the ones that you have, you can count on for, you know, tempered expectations. Yeah, you know, for for this one, it's sad if you've been leaning on Kareem, Tyreek, and Travis, like I was saying, to have to kind of lean away and make some of those other moves at some of the players that we've been talking about because Kareem, Tyreek, and Travis have been, for the most part, people that you can rely on. So if you have them on Kansas City, please understand that you're probably not going to see them out there. Or like Mike said, you may see them for a very short time. They've locked up their spot. They have nothing to play for. They cannot move. They're going to be in fourth no matter what. So this is not the day to say, let me put them out there. So if you're doing it for namesake, please understand that week 17 is a different week than other weeks. As far as Denver goes, 
they've tried everything at quarterback. Demarius Thomas, if you want to throw him out there, give him a shot. But, again, this might be a nice game for you if, you, if you're a Denver fan because you're not going to be playing the best of the best of Kansas City. But Denver has been atrocious all year long. So, I just, outside of Demarius Thomas, I don't really feel good about anybody out there. Maybe a C.J. Anderson. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Jacksonville's locked up the third spot. But if they beat Tennessee, they send Tennessee out of the playoffs. So this game has some has some gain to it as well for Jacksonville. Yeah, if I'm Jacksonville, you know, and this is not politically correct to say, but I think I'd rather let Tennessee beat me so I can play them again next week, which would be the likely matchup, I would think. You know, I don't want to. I don't know if I want to face the Ravens. D. I don't know if I want to face the Chargers at all. You know, if I'm a Jacksonville fan, I don't want any of that scenario. But Jacksonville's going to be resting guys. I mean, there's no sense in them risking a lot here. You know, I, I don't. You're not going to see a Fournette. You're not going to see a lot of. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of effort here, quite frankly. However, this is a Tom Coughlin team, and this is a team with some pride and some defense. So I think you're going to see some value. I think you're going to see some of these guys that continue to, to get their name in the paper, D.D. Westbrook, Akeelan Cole, Blake Bortles. Even though he had a dismal performance last week at San Fran, he's been dynamic in, in obviously before that game, number one quarterback fantasy-wise uh, you know, in the entire NFL. So I, I think there's some value there. But on the other side of the ball here, you know, they're not going to just give up. They're not just going to go, well, we can come in and go out. Derrick Henry is going to be the monster running back. I think DeMarco Murray's dinged up a little bit. I'd be surprised if he got in the game at all. Uh, the, the challenge is, is what Marcus Mariota is going to show up. You know, there's a good defense in Jacksonville, and Mariota really hasn't been himself this year. He has one great guy he can rely on, Delani Walker. He's a number two tight end this week behind only Gronk. I think there's going to be a lot of I think it's going to be a lot of checkdowns because I think the Jacksonville defense is going to be a little bit much. But if you are looking for a receiver from Tennessee, it's obviously Rashard Matthews. Just, you know, be prepared. Temper that down a little bit. He's probably going to be a low-range wide receiver, too, for you this week at best. Yeah, you know, for this game, and I tend to believe that Jacksonville is going to want to go with, with their players out there. I think they're going to want to put Leonard Fournette out there for a bit. You know, want to give him some time. You got and like the thing with Leonard Fournette is it's not just about sitting Fournette; it's about the fact that he hasn't been a hundred percent, and that he's been in and out and in and out of games. And you want to have him for the length of the playoffs because you're not going into the playoffs thinking, "Oh, I'll be cute to win a game." You're trying to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. So, for Leonard Fournette, I think that he may be tailored back a little bit, but I think we will see him. It's just whether or not that's enough for you, and I don't think it is. Keelan Cole, I like Keelan Cole. I like D.D. Westbrook because somebody's going to have to get the ball, and there's going to be opportunities out there for these guys. Keelan Cole is your best bet at receiver. I think Blake Bortles is going to be out there for you know a good portion of this game. I don't think you want to take. I don't think they want to take Blake Bortles out and run him cold into the playoffs. So I think we'll see Blake. I understand Leonard Fournette because it's more about his body and being 100%. So, Blake Bortles, for me in this matchup, he's a low-end quarterback too. I like Keelan Cole in the matchup. And, you know, really that's that's all I have to say about Jacksonville side of thing. Outside of their defense and special teams, their defense and special teams is not going to slow down for anybody. As far as Marcus Mariota, I'm not sold on him. Uh, DeMarco Murray in this game is worth the play. And Delaney Walker 
as well. Corey Davis or Eric Decker, you could look at those options. I I go back to the last game that they played up against each other and just make a note really quick of this before we run, run through the rest of these games to make a note of Tennessee's win in week two against Jacksonville in Jacksonville, just to let you know how things kind of went down. Derrick Henry was the guy, but he has gone through injury this week, so he's somebody that, or so pardon me, DeMarco Murray hasn't been practicing, so Derrick Henry is the one to look to. So I flip-flop my thoughts there, pardon me on that one. But Derrick Henry uh, looks to be the person to put out there. DeMarco Murray, probably not. He was the more quiet against Jacksonville. Delaney Walker and Rashard Matthews were utilized more. Eric Decker was used late. So, you know, in this one, I would say Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker are your two best bets. And for Jacksonville, you know what I gave you on that one. I mean, Tennessee's playing for everything. I think Jacksonville's defense and special teams is a big one in this matchup. San Francisco at lot because you know because the thing is yeah Tennessee hasn't played their best and, and and I understand you don't want to play the Chargers but Jacksonville defeated the Chargers they didn't defeat Tennessee and Jacksonville playing against Baltimore they spanked Baltimore forty four to seven early on in the season and you don't want to be the team that goes seventy five percent or fifty percent or forty percent and lets Tennessee in and then Tennessee comes into Jacksonville and beats you again and you're then you're that you're that dumb team that let the team in that took you out so. You don't want to do that. I think Jacksonville is going to bring force to this, but I believe that Leonard Fournette might be a guy that they just kind of, you know, they they play with kid gloves because you want them for the playoffs. San Francisco at Los Angeles. San Fran's playing for it all because Garoppolo's riding a high, and the Rams, well, the Rams are just trying to go into the playoffs as one of those strong teams that nobody wants to play. So what do you have for this? Yeah, Ram, Rams are actually going to be resting everybody. If you have a girly, you know, if you have any of the starters there. I mean, when Sean Mannion is going to be your starting quarterback, here's an upset. I mean, you may find some value in this game for some daily fantasy. I like Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. You may be able to get some bargain for him. He's a bottom-end QB1 this week. And here's a sneaky play, Malcolm Brown for the Rams. You know, he may be able to do something there. He's a talented guy. He just can't get on the field. Malcolm Brown has an opportunity to give you some RB2 play at a possible flex or an RB2 position, save you a lot of money in daily leagues, or maybe he's even out there on the wire if you want a sneaky play. You know, but this is the time of year, again, you don't want to get too cute. You don't want to overthink things. Dance with the one that brung you. Go with your guys. But in this game, unfortunately, a lot of those guys aren't going to be on the field. Yeah, you know, when you when you are the Rams and you know that you're going into the playoffs, the thought of of having to go out there and win this game is not truly high. Now you want to go in and you want to you want to put in some good work, but the Rams have some good guys that are backing up the players that Mike said, you know, could be sitting there watching this game with some popcorn. <clears throat> as far as San Fran goes, Trent Taylor, Garrett Selleck, and Marquise Goodwin all questionable at wide receiver and tight end for the team. As far as the Rams go in this game, really quick <clears throat> notes here. Cooper Cup is questionable. We won't see much of him in the game that has already been noted that he will not be really out there for this team. So as far as San Fran goes, Jimmy G, if you're playing Daily Fantasy, I agree with that. I think he's worth putting out there. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a low-end quarterback one because he's going to try and have some fun against this Rams team. Uh, Carlos Hyde is an option for you as well. On the Rams side of things, there's really nothing to write home about because... If you're going to be letting the Higbees and the other Michael Thomas of the world and the Josh Reynolds kind of do some things, 
you know, maybe you look to Sammy Watkins to try and get some things done, but my gut doesn't tell me to trust anybody on the Rams to win the championship for you. Buffalo at Miami, what do you have for this one? Yeah, Buffalo has something to play for here, so I think that they're going to, you know, they, they can win and be in, basically. I mean, they need the Ravens to lose as well, I get it, or a Chargers loss and a Titans loss. It gets a bit convoluted there, but they got a scary defense, and, and, and this is where... You know, I, I think that they can rise to the occasion. I think you're going to see a lot of LaShawn McCoy. I think LaShawn McCoy is definitely the guy that can win you your championship. He can be the difference. And even in daily, I'm playing LaShawn McCoy. This is a guy that, you know, can bring home the title for you. I think the Bills are going to win this game. I think the Dolphins are going to be hapless. You know, I, I, I get it. I know the game's in Miami, but Buffalo's got the thing to play for. You know, you're going to find some value, though going to find some value at, at running back with Kenyon Drake. I think you're going to get like McCoy performance, like McCoy points, but for a lot better value, especially in daily. So look for those two guys to be your one-two punch. You throw in a Deion Lewis in there as well, and you got some tremendous value and a lot of points this week in daily. Uh, Receiver-wise, I don't know if I can count on much of anybody, and that's just because of the quarterback situation on both teams. Jarvis Landry may be able to get you some bottom-end wide receiver two-type numbers. Charles Clay is going to be able to be a bottom-end tight end one for you. Um, LaShawn McCoy, Kenyon Drake, that's where all the value is in this game. Yeah, you know, to look at this, and Damian Williams, obviously, uh, still questionable for Miami. For Buffalo, Deontay Thompson, questionable. Calvin Benjamin is questionable to be in this game. Charles Clay is questionable, but he's usually a guy that could fight through some things. If Clay is is good to go, then he's somebody to look to as, as a low-end low, low end tight end, too, I should say. And this one, LaShawn McCoy is where all the bacon is for Buffalo. If Buffalo is going to get it done, they're going to run it through LaShawn McCoy. The guy that's going to try and stop him, I agree, is Kenyon Drake. So I think that this is a game that's won in the trenches on the ground for two teams. You know, Miami's fighting for some type of respect. To be 7-9 and nine is not a bad season without your starting quarterback. And Buffalo's trying to get in the playoffs. So I think Kenyon Drake and LaShawn McCoy are the people to look to. We'll take a very quick fast break, and we will be back here in just a moment to finish things up and wrap up Fantasy Football Friday for Week 17. So roll back with us in just a second. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Here with Mike Sofka, my co-host, as always, with fantasy football advice from Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. Of course, myself, Dan Satora from WakeUpCallDT.com. And we are bringing you fantasy advice every single week, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, your home for fantasy, on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Make sure you go out there and watch the games this weekend. And if you want to come hang out, listen, I'm parking it. I told Mike on the break, I am parking it in front of the television. I ain't moving. With New Orleans and Baltimore playing at 425 p.m. Eastern Time, all the marbles are still going to be on. The, there's still going to be opportunities and chances for things to shift and change in the playoffs. This crazy NFL season that started getting a little insane in weeks three and four and five is insane all the way up to the bitter end as we will not know what everything looks like until after the final games, which I think is the only way to do it. Next game up that we have for fantasy, Oakland Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Oakland hasn't been anything but a spoiler in recent years. And except for last season, but they lost Derek Carr. So that was obviously not uh, not a normal season and, and obviously not a good way to go into the playoffs. This time around, they're trying to spoil the Chargers. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any spoiling going on here. I think it's going to be all Chargers. You, you know, uh, Chargers are scary. They're looking good. They look like the team I don't want to play in the playoffs if I'm anybody in the AFC. But, you know, Phillip Rivers is going to be an obviously QB1. Uh, Melvin Gordon's the number two overall running back this week, I think. And, you know, they're going to continue that with a wide receiver in Keenan Allen. He's the number two wide receiver this week. The old man, Antonio Gates, 109 years old. He's the number six tight end this week. And, you know, I wish I had enough faith in anybody else on the other side of the ball for Oakland. I just, I really don't. Marshawn Lynch, high-end running back two, and that's, that's pretty iffy in my mind. And, you know, same thing goes with the quarterback situation. Derek Carr, you know, I think he's a low-end quarterback, too. So all your value is in the Chargers side of the ball. Yeah, you know, for me, with the Chargers going up in this game, you know, Marshall Lynch has gotten a little bit better, but he is a low-end low uh, running back, too, I would say, if you're looking at everything here. As far as the Raiders go injury-wise, Cordell Patterson, Jared Cook, and Amari Cooper are all, all questionable in this game to play in the matchup. As far as the Chargers go, Melvin Gordon and Gates are questionable, but Gates finds a way to play, and so does Gordon. Outside of maybe Marshawn Lynch as, as your third option at running back, so to speak, I don't really see anything else for Oakland. Melvin Gordon's played injured, and he knows how to get it done. I like him in this one. And, you know, to look at Keenan Allen or Antonio Gates are options as well. You don't want to leave Gates off and have him play and then have to deal with it, with what that feels like sometimes. Arizona at Seattle. Thoughts on this one? Well, Seattle has to win. Seattle has to win, and they need the Falcons to lose. So it's going to be, uh, you know, hopefully they're not, you know, scoreboard watching there. But, you know, hopefully they can keep focus. But Russell Wilson's the guy. I mean, if you have Russell Wilson, he's probably led you to your championship. And, you know, he's the, he's the leading rusher. You know, if he could throw the ball to himself, he would probably do that. But luckily, he's got a guy, Doug Baldwin, that can give him the opportunity to get wide receiver-type numbers. You know, and, and, and Paul Richardson's been coming on strong. But, you know, he's still nothing more than a wide receiver three. Uh, tight end-wise, Jimmy Graham, tight end one, obviously, top five tight end. If You know, if, if they can get the production, they're going to need to get to win against Arizona. And the great thing against 
uh, Arizona is, who's ever in the slot is going to have a big game. So look for them to try to move some guys around because, well, you know, Patrick Peterson covers guys well, but the guy who's in the slot makes all the money against Arizona. And so all the all the value fantasy-wise, all the money fantasy-wise is, is on the Seattle side of the ball. Yeah, and to take a quick look at, at any injuries here of note, for Arizona, Troy Nicholas is questionable. John Brown is questionable. Elijah Penny, their running back, and Kerwin Williams are both questionable to play in this game. And Elijah Penny has a groin injury, and those are usually the nagging ones that prevent a lot of movement as well as being out there on the field. Uh, Luke Wilson for Seattle, a tight end. He is questionable in this matchup. Jimmy Graham was a non-participant in midweek. He is questionable to play in this game as well. So with that being said, to take a look at Arizona's side of the ball, Arizona has had has has had a haphazard year. They've beaten some teams. They obviously hurt Tennessee and beating Jacks beating Jacksonville and take Jacksonville out. But they've knocked they've had some good punches that they've gotten in. Larry Fitzgerald's the guy to play, especially if John Brown is not going to be healthy enough to go or play at 100%. If he is, then look to John Brown as a flex guy. As far as Seattle goes in this matchup, Russell Wilson because he's playing for it. Doug Baldwin because he's playing for it. Those are the guys that I look to in this one. Next matchup is New Orleans at Tampa Bay. New Orleans got to make it happen too. What do you think about this one? Yeah, New Orleans can clinch the South with, you know, as all they got to do is win. So, you know, I like Drew Brees, of course. Tampa Bay's poor secondary. I think Drew Brees is going to have a, a big game. I think that bodes well for Michael Thomas. I think that bodes well for Melvin Ingram and Alvin Kamara. All those guys are going to put up. I mean, it's going to be ding, 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 ding. They're going to be scoring points left and right. So I think this is going to be a, a great game for any Saints players you may have on your roster. Tampa Bay, well, not so much. You may get value in a Peyton Barber, especially in daily leagues as a low-end running back two or a flex player for you. But all the money is on the New Orleans side of the ball. Yeah, New Orleans is coming out here to put in that work. And they fended off Atlanta this past week, and that obviously showed some signs of where their head's at right now. They have Michael Humanawanui, Michael Thomas, and Brandon Coleman are all questionable for the game. So is Josh Hill, but he has been questionable all season long, hasn't really brought anything to the squad. As far as Tampa Bay goes, Cameron Brait, hip and knee, he is questionable. Just watch him. He's been playing through injury, and he's typically the, the top dog when it comes to Jameis Winston, likes to throw to the tight end. Deshaun Jackson's ankle injury has left him questionable as well. For me in this game, uh, Drew Brees, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, I like them all. Ted Ginn Jr. as a flex guy. The man is timeless and has played for about 100 years, but he's going strong. As far as Tampa Bay goes, Mike Evans is an option for you. Maybe a Cameron Braid if you got to dig deep for a, a second tight end, but I think that you know I'm leaning on the side of New Orleans as well. I think they're going to take care of business. Final game, Week 17, Cincinnati at Baltimore. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, Baltimore has to win. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win, so they're going to be they're going to be going all out here. And I think it's going to be all Baltimore. And I think that's where the value is here as well. Joe Flacco's got one of the highest rankings this week of any week I've had him. He's a high end quarterback, too, number fourteen overall on my board. The real value is going to be in running back for both teams. Alex Collins, number seven overall running back this week. So grab you some Alex Collins. And Giovanni Bernard, looks like Joe Mixon's going to be dinged up a little bit. Giovanni Bernard, you should be able to steal in daily fantasy. And he's going to catch a lot of passes as well. So that's, that's 
yard type scoring. Uh, A.J. Green, of course, is going to get you mid to bottom end wide receiver one type numbers. And, you know, I don't think there's a, a, a tight end on either team you can really write home about. Maybe Ben Watson. He might be good for maybe four yards, a couple catches, maybe get touchdown. So all Baltimore in this one. And uh, just your value is the running backs in this in this game. Yep. And what I said about Detroit as that they could not lose any games and they definitely couldn't lose to Cincinnati. And then they did. So Cincinnati, you know, they're not going to the playoffs. The Marvin Lewis era of getting there and losing in the first round doesn't look like that is going to be the case anymore. But, you know, for Cincinnati in this matchup, A.J. Green is an option for you. Giovanni Bernard, he's a low-end running back, too, for me because he's playing Baltimore. I like Alex Collins in this game. I like Joe Flacco as a low-end quarterback, one. And, you know, as far as receivers, he throws it all over the place, so it's hard to lean on anybody for fantasy. If you had to, I'd say Mike Wallace, but I don't feel good about anybody predominantly on Baltimore's team for fantasy. That has been your advice for Week 17. If you're playing in your championship, make it happen, folks. And somebody's getting the trophy that we have from Penn and Trophy Center. Check them out at PennandTrophy.com. Somebody's taking home the Lombardi with the plaque on the bottom, your name, your info, and somebody's taking home the toilet seat to put some M&Ms and Reese's inside of. Mike, as always, it's a pleasure to speak with you, and I hope that all goes well for you this week. I hope you enjoy football. And as you know, you and I have no offseason, so we will be talking very soon. All right, sounds great, Dan. Thanks. All right, take care. That coming from Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub is our fantasy coverage. Thank you to the Wildcat, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. God bless. Be well. Here are the things you need to know. Follow me on Twitter at CallDT, Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT, Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, and on WakeUpCallDT.com. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you to everybody that showed up and to our new team that came out to Muddy Waters in Baldwinsville to play game show night every Thursday at 7 p.m. You are all amazing. Big news coming up on something coming back to Baldwinsville, hosted by yours truly. We'll be making that and so much more on Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram. So make sure that you're following and liking the pages. Be well. Have a great week. God bless to you all. And a very happy, happy New Year.